0: Hello everyone I'm continuing our teaching series on the values of the church. We've already looked at compassionate community and we've looked at empowering and what that means uh, for us as a church and today I'm going to look at pioneering and introduce some bible passages that help us think about what it means to be pioneering and to give us some thoughts around what that means. Uh, We've defined it if you look on our website, pioneering as being responsive to the needs of those within our community and in the communities we serve, finding creative solutions, breaking new ground, and courageously embracing the changes, the challenges that come with change. And that creative solutions uh, phrase we've had around for the church for a long time. We've got our declarations that we created that we pray into, and the thing around creative solutions has been on there. But being pioneering is what at first attracted me to City Life Church all those years ago when I was a a student and to come across a pioneering church that was meeting differently to maybe some of the other churches in the area at that time, uh, was embracing spiritual gifts, embracing the prophetic, uh, was something that really excited me about City Life. And uh, I've been part of that since I moved to Southampton when I came here uh, to university. So I wanted us to think around the word pioneering. We are a pioneering church, which means that we embrace, uh, one of our distinctives is that we embrace adventure. It's written on the Pioneer website that we as pioneers want to continue to innovate, to take risks, to try new things, to be spirit-led people and to have fun as we serve God's purposes. So there's some great things about pioneering. There's also some unsettling things around it. A few years ago, many of us read the book Dirty Glory by Pete Gregg where he talked about the nature of pioneering uh, that it was often easier to to settle and there were places where it was easy to settle but to keep pioneering, to keep heading uh, from the east coast of America through to the west coast of America and to keep that pioneering spirit going was, was tough because it meant always finding a new camp always moving on, moving forwards and going forwards and the purpose of this teaching is to think about why we do pioneer while we do carry on going forwards and it goes back to that initial statement is it's about people it's about people that God loves God cares for communities that he's connected with us uh, and that we want to pioneer for their sake for people that we know people that are around us in our neighborhoods in our workplaces uh, in new communities that God's opening up to us that we we want to be people that pioneer and and follow his example so uh, the etymology of the word pioneer I don't know if you've come across this before, but it goes back to the the original Middle French word, which is pionnier. My French is very good, or originally a foot soldier or a soldier that's involved in digging trenches. So they were the pawns in the army, and literally that's where the word pawn in chess comes from. Is this French word pionnier, and uh, they would be people that were marching ahead of the troop. They would be getting the trenches ready uh, for the for the other soldiers to be coming forward. So there was a sense in which uh, they were innovators or trailblazers if you play chess you know that the first piece always to be moved on a board is a pawn from both sides the white pawn and then the black pawn they're the they're the pawns to get moved first but they're also that in the trenches they're, they're right there in the thick of things uh doing stuff and so that original sense of the word about being in a battle and about being uh in the forefront being being in the trenches as they say is literally what it's about And there's obviously some discomfort that comes from being a in a battle and b in a trench uh, and probably c then being in the front line that you're you're the you're the first to meet the enemy Uh, but that is the root word of that 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 sense of being a pioneer is that you are in the trenches and i think for many of us whether it's in the workplace or in the neighborhoods we are sometimes that's where we can feel we are in the trenches and part of the spirit and the culture of our church is that we too want to be in the trenches we don't want to be withdrawn uh away into to a building on ivory tower somewhere where we're looking and praying from a distance but we are in the trenches we're in the thicker things with people uh in 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 hospitals and schools and businesses uh and colleges and and, and other places shop shop Shopfronts where we're we're with people and we understand what it's like to be living in this world and the challenges it is, and so we're there in the trenches with them. Uh, and then secondly, picking up on this word pioneer, it can be translated. One of the famous verses in the Bible on this, Hebrews twelve verses one to three, uh, where it talks about the great cloud of witnesses. It says um, that we look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despite the shame and sealed at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or lighthearted. So again, this sense of, of persevering in the race, of keeping going when things are tough and difficult in the trenches. But that phrase founder and perfecter of our faith can be translated as the pioneer and perfecter of our faith that is Jesus who pioneered that faith is it can be translated the word in Greek as either the prince the captain or the pioneer he's the first point the first cause of our faith and he blazed the trail of faith uh, showing what it means for us to trust God uh, with our whole lives so the author also calls The author of Hebrews also calls him the perfecter of faith, um, that he's the finisher and completer. So not only did he start it, but he finished it as well through his death and resurrection, uh, and that completed the mission of God. And this idea of being the pioneer or the source, when you think about it in terms of a river as well, like the end of a river is quite glorious. You know, It's all pouring uh, at, at high speed and high volume. But the source of a river is often... A little bit of mud somewhere isn't it I don't know if you've seen those programs I think it was a a very old Top Gear thing where they tried to find the source of a, of the Nile and it is just a little muddy pool I remember when Richard Pitt found the source of the little spring that was coming up in in Aldermore Farm before that it was literally just a bit of a muddy ditch and there's something about being a pioneer that is is muddy and uncomfortable and in the trenches is, is part of what what the calling is it's not uh, clean, glamorous or comfortable, it's uncomfortable and that goes back to the way we've def- defined uh, pioneering that we are embracing the challenges that come with change that it's not necessarily uh, simple and easy to do do those things so that's our example, Jesus as the pioneer of our faith that's what the etymology is, it's about uh, digging in the trenches and going ahead of the crowd, being the pawn in the battle but actually being in the trenches and working uh, as a trailblazer and then to move forward and the reason why we move forward is because we care about people the same reason that Jesus not only pioneered but completed the faith is because of the joy set before him that he endured the cross and he kept going that he loved people and that was what the, his joy was the people uh, that he won through uh, the price that he paid on the cross So I wanted to give just one uh, story that this past few weeks we've had the Young Life day camp uh, at Cantel School. So we've had kids across uh, the city coming together with the Young Life team uh, for the week, uh, for a week uh, where they've had fun, uh, played football, all sorts of things. I was involved involved with that for a bit of the time. But they also looked at Bible stories each day. And one of the Bible stories they looked at was a familiar one. And it's often used with the Young Life crowd. Uh, it's, it's from Mark chapter 2. You'll know it is the famous story of Jesus forgiving and healing a paralyzed man. But it was it was when his friends lowered him down uh, through a hole in the roof. So I'll just read that from Mark chapter 2. And you can take some time when you, you look at this study. Uh, as to what you make of this passage as well in your group so it says a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum the people heard that he had come home they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left not even outside the door and he preached the word to them some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them since they could not get get him to Jesus because of the crowd they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralysed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there, thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like this? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts, and said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralysed man? Your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and take up your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat and go home. He got up, took up his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. It's a famous story. Uh, we know it well. Mark chapter 2 is a big story to start the Gospel of Mark. And uh, I've I've actually I was fortunate enough to go to Capernaum. And if you go there, just as you go inside the gates to this town in Israel, on the right, there's a there's a building which is set up as this house uh, where this miracle took place, and you can actually climb up on the roof. And uh on the roof, it's made of glass now, so you can look down. On the scene on this scene that's set out in Mark chapter 2 so you can uh, literally stand in this story and imagine what it would have been like and uh, that's what we were asking the kids at Young Life to do and one of the questions that we asked uh, kids afterwards was what strikes you from this story and uh, one of the young kids is only about 12 years old said I like the fact that this man's friends saw the obstacles but it didn't stop them from keep getting to jesus from keep from trying to get to jesus that they made a way where there was no way this is literally what this this 12 year old said and that's the point of the story isn't it that the four men who were carrying him and their other friends who are around by the sounds of it that they they wanted to bring their friend to jesus because they heard that he was there to to heal people and Uh, I learned when I was in Capernaum there was 21 recorded miracles in that town so they knew that Jesus could heal people so they come to the house but they can't get anywhere near it because Jesus is popular uh, it's busy the house is crowded and uh, if verse three or four had said they saw how busy it was so they thought they'd come back another day and go home and have a cup of tea and, and see how it was afterwards you could understand because it was frustrating for them That there was this obstacle in the way but they weren't to be stopped these men they decided that some way or another the four of them would get get him to jesus and so you can imagine the you've heard this story before the the intensity of it of them climbing up on the roof and it would have been a flat roof that was there and they dug their way through and uh, you can picture the scene that jesus and others are watching this dirt and and the tiles move on the top of the roof and then there they are and then somehow they get um they lower him down through ropes or through tying their garments together to make it possible and they drop the man down dramatically at the feet of jesus expecting the miracle to happen and uh we won't dwell on the the topic but with the the kids at young life we'll talk about the fact that the sins being forgiven was the most important thing for the person but also that his legs would again work and uh, it it gave verification to the fact that Jesus was God that he is the son of God and able to a forgive sins but also uh, to heal the man whose legs didn't work but here's the thing around pioneering they're stood outside they've hit this obstacle they're frustrated they could have just given up they could have just said well look We got this far. We can't get any further. Let's turn around and go back. But they didn't. And they were like, how on earth are we going to get in? Can't get through the door. Can't get through the window. It's too jam-packed. I know what someone comes up with. Let's go through the roof. And that's what they do. And for me, uh, this is what excites me about pioneering. It's like When we are frustrated, when we face these obstacles, when we think, I can't see how this is going to work. I can't see how it's going to happen. And internally we're frustrated that we draw on this pioneering spirit and we find a way to make things work when we 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 don't think it's going to work on paper and these friends of the man they must have gone home uh and said what a day that was this will be a day long remembered our friend couldn't walk and now he can walk again and can you believe that we did that can you believe it? you st- you had the idea to lower him through the roof? And how exciting was that when dropped down? And did you see the Pharisees' faces? And it would have gone on and on. And they would have talked about it for days and weeks to come. And it landed in Mark chapter 2 as a dramatic story to start the gospel. But if they just said, I know what, it's really busy here. This is really frustrating. This is really tough. I don't think I can. I can put my time into this and they'd gone home, then Mark chapter 2 would never have been written, the man wouldn't have been uh, forgiven, and he wouldn't have had uh, his legs working again, and what, um, what i thought, thought about when I've, I read this story again for this session is, you know, ultimately, it, it, well Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, these three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love, that really what drove those friends of the man was a. faith, b. hope and c. love. But the greatest of those was love because for them to want to see Jesus so much that they'd smash into someone's house through the roof, they had to have faith. They had to believe that Jesus could heal their friend and that it was worth making whatever effort they could to get him to the feet of Jesus and so they had faith and that's what took them up the steps that's what made them dig through the hole and that's what made them lower lower the man down to Jesus. and then they're like once we've done that Jesus is going to do stuff heal the man and secondly they had to have hope that their friend whose legs didn't work who probably uh, they've carried around for years and years and they like him and they love him but his legs don't work so he can't function very well in this world Uh, that they're living in but they had hope that tomorrow could be better for him than today that Jesus could bring change to his legs and bring him life and more than that they found out that Jesus not only brought him health to his body but forgave his sin as well but ultimately the thing that drove them on was the love they had for their friend the compassion they felt for him so it goes back to Nikki's points that she made about being a compassionate community that when we have this deep love of God inside of us love of God for other people for our friends for the people that we work with uh, for the kids on the young life camp whoever it might be then it drives us to be pioneering we think how can I get my friends to the feet of Jesus just like these four guys carried him uh, up onto the roof what will I do to see that happen and it's love ultimately that's at the pioneering side of things so I could talk around different projects that we set up at at currently as I'm doing this video we've set up a winter bed project uh, to bring people sleeping rough off the streets we've worked with other churches to do that but at the time of of starting to organize it we had virtually no volunteers uh, organized we got two weeks to piece it together we've got paperwork we need to sort out, we've got not all the resources we need, we haven't got all the money we need, but we're saying, yeah, we will give it a go because we have faith in God, because we have a hope that it's going to happen. And most importantly, we love the people. And we don't want to see them <clears throat> spend the whole of their winter in Southampton on the streets. We wanted to see them brought into a warm building, see that the church is showing God's love to them and because we love them. And we want to show that love to them by giving them a warm space to be in. So it's been a mammoth effort to do it. It's been pioneering to do. We're probably currently one of the only cities uh, in the country that's been able to open up um, and to get a risk assessment agreed and organised. As a creative solution, working in partnership with the local authorities to do that. And then ultimately, it's just made a difference to some people's lives this month. So I could talk about projects, but really... None of the stuff that we do, whether it's around some of the things we talked about before, like Hong Kong work or the Ukraine work, it's it's not projects that drives us. It is a love for people. It's a love for people. And it's because of that that we spend time not just doing the tasks that we have to do at work, but we spend time seeing how people are, connecting with people. And we do it not because we ought to do it, but because we want to do it, because we are driven by faith, hope and love. And ultimately it's love that drives us forward and means that we're willing to be a pawn on the chessboard that moves forward in the trenches and tries to make a difference uh, for the kingdom of God in that way. So uh, finally you know do take some time to have a look at that story and think about how can we bring friends and neighbours and work colleagues of ourselves to the feet of Jesus what ways have we got of doing that how can we uh, do that prophetically how can we do that through sharing our stories through praying for people what are the simple things that we can do i you know i spend most of my time not working in a church environment i spend most of my time working uh, across the schools uh, and other environments in the city and all the time i'm just chatting and listening to people and then trying to create little spaces for people to to find space to speak uh to share where they're at to hear from their stories trying to use the time that we have in our new rhythm to eat with people invite them people over for dinner or to go out um, to do stuff social with them so i'm trying to find time where we can take to have deeper conversations you'd have in school about the things that matter to them things that matter to me and uh ultimately just seeing um seeing them brought to the feet of Jesus in some way by by knowing that they're loved and cared for uh, by God and that could be simple as uh, knowing that I'm praying for them and caring for them. Um, so that is it for me, I think that defines me why we're pioneering, uh, why we're part of the Pioneer Network of Churches, we're proud to be part of that network, why we're trying to do things differently as a church because we do have faith in God in what he said to us, we hope uh, that this will bring growth, we hope that this will bring life uh, to our city, that we want to be, city life wants to bring life to the city, but ultimately it's about love, that we want to find new communities, uh, new neighbourhoods, new people, uh, where we can break new ground and we can meet the needs of those communities that we serve, find creative solutions, but also show the love of God to them. So I'll I'll finish there and just say uh, a short prayer. Um, Dirty Glory finished um, one of the chapters was titled go where your best best prayers take you Um, and it was a reminder for us that if we want to see ourselves inside that house in Capernaum or into a new area then we we pray we pray for openings and this was the prayer that was um, cited in Dirty Glory just to finish go where your best prayers take you unclench the fists of your spirit and take it easy Breathe deep of the glad air and live one day at a time. Know that you are precious. Know that you can trust God. Thanks so much everyone. Bless you. Bye bye.